Ronald Donald one of Love them. Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my kids Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B Austin, a hot block commander. Again, live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports, of course, on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brothers. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building with me. B. Austin's going to join me in just a minute. Look, man, <laughs> this week, America's been buzzing about chicken sandwiches. Yes, I said chicken sandwiches, and I did say sandwiches. I did, you know, repeat that twice. So in addition to some additional thoughts on that whole Jay-Z NFL partnership, Mambo Jahambo, and a lot more, we're going to give you our review on the newest fast food phenomenon. So make sure you keep it locked right here for the next two hours. And to get your chicken sandwiches ready. So if you want to get in on the conversation, you know what you got to do. Jump in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash room. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about uh, 10 minutes after when we open the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That's after we talk with Fred Purdue real quick about some, some quick picks um, and predictions before we get into this college football season. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room, as well as some of our uh, other shows on the network. Tissue in the Tape, Hip Hop Podcast, The Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris, John Appetit, if you like to eat, uh, After Further Review with the Mayor, Quick Slants, uh, that's College Football with Fred Purdue, Cover 2, that's NFL Football, all of that stuff and more, man. Just make sure you check out the network at warroomsports.com. You can also do that on the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk. Anywhere you, you basically listen to podcasts, we are bound to be there. Jim, what up, man? So this whole fast food restaurant social media shade, is that not some of the best of what the Internet has to offer? Because I love when fast food restaurants get the beefing on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, crazy. that's fire. Fast food beef is fire. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's just fire. Shout out to Wendy's for being the goat of it. But it's definitely fire when they go at each other. Like, that yeah, is some of the best it has to offer. King of Shade. King of Shade is definitely, well, I guess the Queen of Shade is definitely Wendy. Yeah. Wendy got a smart mouth on her. Um, but we're going to talk and about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I was serious in that intro. Like, we're going we're gonna to weigh in on this whole thing and give you our, our, our comparison review of the chicken sandwiches in question. So you hold, hold your horses. We're going to get to that. Um, right now, we got Fred Purdue on the line because we're going to get a quick, quick preview before this college football season kicks off. Let me get Fred on now. Fred, what's going on, good brother? 
What's going on, fellas? Long time no talk. Nah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you um, you in season now. It's, it's go time for what you love to do. And for everybody out there, like I said, you can check out Quick Slants to get more in-depth coverage of college football. Um, considering, like I said, today, Fred's just going to be with us for a, a quick few minutes. But if you want to hear in-depth coverage, he just did five shows on the Power Five conferences, previews for each one of those. So make sure you check that out on the War Room Sports Podcast Network as well. All right, Fred, before we get into some predictions, we know that the you, the fellas down at Miami, um, are, are near and dear to your heart. So uh-huh. let's get a quick preview of the you versus, that, versus Florida. Um, this game that's going to open up the season for you and a lot of other football fans out there. Give us a, a quick rundown of what do you think is going to happen during that game. Well, we have two coaches that really know each other pretty well. Manny Diaz, former uh, Mississippi State defensive coordinator. Dan Mullen, former offensive coordinator turned head coach at the University of Florida, dating back to the Tim Tebow days. Uh, they know each other really well. You're, this is going to be a very big defensive game. Miami's unranked. Florida's number eight. A bit overrated in my opinion, but then again, everybody's overrated when they play us. So um, Miami starting a new quarterback, Darren Williams, uh, redshirt freshman. Got an opportunity last year with these new freshman uh, redshirt rules where you can play four games and still have a chance of having your eligibility as a freshman or whatever uh, status you are for that year. Uh, he didn't play in every game, so he got a chance to keep his eligibility. Uh, new offensive, new whole new offensive staff at the University of Miami. Dan Enos comes from, comes over from Alabama as the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, where he fixed Jalen Hurts and took Tua Tonga Viola to a new, whole new level. And from what from everything I'm hearing out of the University of Miami, things are different, and there's a different vibe now. I'm starting to believe the hype. Your boy Tate Martell didn't win the job. He's playing a little bit of receiver. So we'll we'll definitely see. Uh, Miami has a trio of senior linebackers who decided to come back for one more season. That's what To me, that's what college football is all about. Those guys that are always willing to stay for one more year and, and do it for, just do it for the squad. So uh, on the other side, Florida has a quarterback in Felipe Franks who – has Pat Mahomes-like arm talent, maybe not the decision-making, but at least the arm talent. And he's, a, he's one of those guys that I really am looking forward to seeing if he improves uh, going into the season. Uh, their secondary is going to be pretty good, so they're going to test that Miami offense that kind of went into the tank a lot last year. Uh, that offense really a big part of a losing season, pretty much losing for the last six for the Canes last year. So we'll definitely see what happens with those guys. Uh, big game. My, uh, Miami's a seven-point underdog. Still got the Canes to win it, though. Uh, say 28-27. All right. Bias. Yo. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear you say the word arm talent again. I hate that phrase. That's one. And two, Fred, didn't you go to Florida State? Huh? For a short period, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right, that's all. I, I'm not an alum, so I, I don't feel bad about it. I'm not an alum. I hate those guys. <laughs> All right, well, Fred, real real quick, let's let's get some some overall things out of the way. 
the important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll have a more in depth conversation on quick slants and maybe even here next week. But who is your pick for this year's Heisman Trophy? Man, this one was tough. It's between uh, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, and Jonathan Taylor, uh, Wisconsin running back. It's going to come down to who's the best player on the team that's going to win the most games. Unfortunately, Wisconsin's probably not going to win the most games. I really like Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be a beast when he goes to the NFL. Trevor Lawrence wins this game. Trevor Lawrence. All right, and give me the four teams that are going to participate in the playoffs and your national champion. All right, so in no particular order, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Okay, and who's it going to be? Uh, To win it all, I think Alabama gets there. We're going to get an Alabama-Clemson rematch. Again, Again, unfortunately, for the rest of the season. It's yeah. been nice. <laughs> Can we get something new? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like this. It's like a it's like a big-time prize fight, man. You, I want to see another round. I, I can't get enough of this. I mean, it, it's a good game, and I think Alabama gets their revenge. Alabama wins it. Uh, I, I don't want to give a score yet, but uh, I, I say Alabama's your national champion. All right, we'll see how this all plays out. Like I told everyone, you can catch Fred on Quick Slants. That is on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Just go to warroomsports.com, click on the Podcast Network. Um, And on the right-hand menu, you can click on Quick Slants, and you can get all the archived episodes of that show. Fred, tell them how to get in touch with you on social media for this week's game. You can find me on social media, Fred Produce CSB, whether that's IG. Uh, I'm even on, I'm a little bit on Snapchat. I don't really like the Snapchat thing, but you can definitely find me there on Twitter as well. All right. So, Fred, we will holler at you next week. Thanks for a quick appearance. We appreciate it. All right, fellas. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Hey, Jim, did you hear? Well, you know, there was a, a video that came out. Um, with your man Floyd Weather basically announcing a Manny Pacquiao rematch to take place in Saudi Arabia. Did you see that video? Yeah, man. You think you think anybody got excited about it? Not at all. Nobody did. Like I, I just, I, he just got to go. Just go away. Uh, he won't even allow us to like you know um, have revisionist history and miss him and make up how great he was because he just tries to stay relevant. Um. But, I don't know, it's just a corny dude, man. Yeah, because it, it, it's really, really corny because uh, come to find out, it wasn't even real. He claims that he got $2.2 million just to tease a Manny Pacquiao rematch. Um, and here's the, the clip from Floyd. Uh, and first of all, because he and Manny have been going at it on social media a little while ago, and Floyd was saying that Manny was saying his name just to stay relevant. So when this video came out, Manny came out to say, see, here go Floyd using my name just to stay relevant. So a lot of people were thinking, like, why would Manny say that if this was real? So then Floyd came out and admitted, and here is the quote from him. He said, there's a video circulating that I made eight months ago about a Mayweather-Pacquiao rematch. I got paid $2.2 million to make the video. The truth is the fight will never happen again. Now swipe left and look at the money that got wired to me for the video. When you swipe left, there was a photo of his bank statement. 
Um, now who's the smart one? I'm making millions for just 10-second video drops. Well, I applaud you, Floyd, because if I could get on and make a 10-second video and get $2.2 million, I would most definitely do that. But like like you said, how corny is Floyd going to get like with the attention craving that he needs? <laughs> Jim, where you at? <laughs> Nothing. All right. Jimmy must be on. He must have muted his mic or something. But, yeah, this whole situation is, is I don't know, it's it's a little bit weird. Um, I don't understand why things like this is being done. I don't even understand why somebody would pay somebody that much money just to tease something that's not really going to happen. But um, hey, that's what happens these days. What up, B. Austin? Um, that's the kind of Yo, stuff the that happens these days. Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, all week, in addition to the chicken sandwich wars, um, people have been having more and more conversation on this Jay Z NFL partnership thing. Um, Kaepernick has weighed in. Eric Reed has weighed in. Kenny Stills has weighed in. Jamel Hill wrote a an article with a scathing headline um, that a lot of Jay Z fans didn't like. Um, Bomani Jones wrote a similar article, and Dave Zirin, probably the you know most down white dude in America, also wrote an article. And his article was surrounding you know the question: Is Jay Z a sellout or merely or a capitalist? Um, so Kaepernick and Reed and Kenny Stills and, of course, Nessa, they've all come out and their comments are basically showing you that, you know, they're not too keen on this partnership with Jay-Z. They look at it as um, capitalizing off of the movement and uh, lining his own pockets. Um, B, I know you've had a lot of conversations out there. I don't even know how many you've yeah, engaged in, but I know you've sparked a lot of conversations and, you know, on yours, like when you post some of these articles where people are kind of saying, you know, Jay-Z might be teetering on the line of sellout, I see that you really triggered a whole lot of people. Why do you think people react that way um, when they see things like that? Um, yeah, well, first off, I just want to make you uh, – can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah we hear you Oh, to yeah, my, be my honest, bad, something happened to my life. Something happened to my life. My bad, but go ahead, Dovey Austin. To be honest, um, I know the conversations of which you speak, uh, so I don't, I'm not uh, a participant in social media as much as I once was. You know, you used to be able to get a novel or two out of me per week uh, in response to certain things. I, I'm not really that guy anymore, so I, I I typically use the, the page of the platform to get conversation started, and I think it's a very interesting conversation. I can I can succinctly tell you that, you know, we on the war room, and I, I, I think I'm speaking for my brothers, have sort of a love-hate relationship with Jay, um, kind of the way you would a family member that you love, but you don't necessarily like. I mean, I respect Jay-Z as an amazing lyricist and artist, um, but I've always had took issue with his ability um, and willingness to essentially hustle the culture 
And and when I say hustle, I'm not I don't use that in a positive connotation. I mean he really is peddling culture for his for his gain and his gain alone. Um, while I'm sure he's done some positives now, why does this resonate with so many partic- particularly black folks? Man, listen, the worst thing in the world to be is poor. That's universal across the globe. Somehow, the powers that be that have created America have made have made being black synonymous with poverty in this country. That that narrative has changed. It's different optics today, but throughout history, that's been universal. So when we as black people see a black man that's able to c- come from the Marcy Projects and the epitome and poster child of impoverished to hood rich to hood wealthy to really rich to actually generationally wealthy, there's a certain pride that comes with that. Like you got to look at that and admire it because not only does it go against what everyone is taught that black people are, it's the rags to riches story that America is built on because everyone, everyone wants to buy into the thought that they could one day by pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and be rich and be wealthy. So there's a lot of black people that look at Jay-Z and say that this is the personification of our American dream. Not only is he wealthy, but look, white people bow and kowtow to him in certain circles, which then they excuse because of his wealth. They excuse some of his behaviors and don't call him on the carpet and call him accountable for things because look, He's rich. He's wealthy. Kind of much, much different than Floyd Mayweather, but there are people that kind of take the same approach with him because he's rich, because he's wealthy, he gets a pass for shucking, jiving, and cooning. Now, that's not Jay. I wouldn't say that Jay is, is truly a shucking and jiving coon, but Jay wants to step beyond. Jay wants his wealth to reach a place where he steps beyond the perception and perspective of just being a black male in America and his wealth has afforded him that. And this next step, the play to own a a, a football team, that's that falls right in line with what he's doing, but it's almost at the expense of your regular common African-American or black person. And that's, that's, that's kind of the funny part when I when well, I see all the defensive Jay throughout the week. People keep saying stuff like, you know, like Jay don't he don't need the money, so why would he be, you know, capitalizing? Like this is their ploy to to let us know that this is all about social justice. I'm like, well, I've never seen a person that wealthy who wasn't all about money. Like they don't get to a billion dollars and say that's enough. <laughs> like you keep doing what you have to do to take oh. care of yours for the next five, oh. six, seven, eight, Listen. nine, ten generations. Well, like, I mean, but yeah, I hold, hold on real quick, Jimmy. They already, Jimmy, to that point, no, I'm to just that point correct you because they already came out and said he's not owning a team. Like that's that's oh, already yeah, yeah, that. so. But that's the thing. Okay, when that well, whole thing came out, Jim, I, I didn't, I didn't believe that account anyway. I kind of thought. I kind of actually, I actually thought that was coming from the opposing side to Jay Z to kind of try to make him look even greedier. So I, I wasn't even sure about that whole thing in the, in the first place. So to, be, yeah, to begin we, with, yeah, you were talking about that. But. Is or isn't 
what he's doing is still, to me, a little bit on the lines of, of peddling culture. And to your point, Dev, I speak, I've spoken to a gentleman who I'm pretty close with who's wealthy. You know, he's not, you know, a billionaire wealthy. But, you know, in his travels, and he happens to be quite a bit older than us, he said to me, being rich and having access to money has only ever made me want to go and get more money. It's never made me look at my at my net worth and say I'm content. And he said that's a that to me is a universal. You're not going to find very many rich people or wealthy people that say, oh, I have enough money because it, it becomes a scorecard. How do you keep score? on where you are. It's not about your lifestyle or being able to afford your lifestyle. It's being able to look at your net worth and see it grow. That's the scorecard. I I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of the reports that came out during this week, you know, I mean, I, mean, I think they may have given Jay ideas, not to say he didn't already have some of this in mind, but the fact that the report did come out that way. Um, about him maybe owning a team or having some ownership in a team. I'm pretty sure that's on his mind at this point, whether that sparked the thought or not. But if you look at the whole 46-minute, you know, press conference or whatever you want to call that meeting with he and Roger Goodell and how chummy they were, slapping each other on the thighs when they were laughing and all that kind of stuff, at some point the conversation is going to have to get there if they're going to be buddy-buddy like that. I know if I were Jay-Z, the conversation would get there one day. So a lot of this stuff may be giving him ideas, and that's why I kept telling you guys last week, I think the fact that most people jumped on this whole thing and quickly jumped on the whole social justice thing and brought that to the forefront, it's kind of drowning out the fact that he did cut a deal to do entertainment and it's giving him the opportunity, whether you like it or not, whether you think he's a sellout or not, it's giving him the opportunity to keep speaking on the social justice part of it. So now when he does do some things, you know, he's going to be able to throw that in people's face. Like, you know, I, I told you this is what I was going to do. Um, the funny part about it for me still after a week is the people who are basically being hypocrites about this whole thing who had everything in the world to say about Malcolm Jenkins. Um, took Eric Reed's words back then as gospel. Now, when the tables turn and it's somebody that you love, you know, it, it's different. Like Jay Z has been sitting here in his meeting with Roger Goodell. They kept uh, referencing the the Inspire Initiative, and people keep defending Jay. See, he's he's going to be working with the Inspire Initiative. He's going to be doing this. But the Inspire Initiative was created by Malcolm Jenkins and, and Anquan Bolden, but they were coons and sellouts. But when we're working with the exact same thing that they created and it's somebody that you love, now he's a hero for it. That's, that's just weird to me. It's really weird to me. And now people, you know, this is the it's first not, I've seen this since this whole thing started. People are going at Eric Reed. People are going at Colin Kaepernick either, even. And it's, it's just weird to see this because when anybody else was involved, those two guys were like God and Jesus, and they couldn't be touched. You get Hobie involved. It shouldn't be weird, you know, Dev. It should, I explained, like, yo, that Jay-Z literally represents what Jesse James and the Kennedys are for Caucasian folks. Like, dude came from the bottom of the bottom, and he's a billionaire. 
So that writes a lot of wrongs and excuses a lot of things like people will look past critical thinking. I'm not even going to say look past wrongs. Let's assume that let's, let's look at it objectively and say maybe he is wrong, maybe he's not, but they don't even want to entertain the conversation because he's Jay-Z and he made a billion dollars and, you know, why, why, would we, why would we ever give him anything other than the benefit of the doubt because he made a lot of money? It, it really becomes about his net worth and his ability to triumph in, in, in that arena, in the business arena. So, you know, that's what it is. Anquan Bolden and, and Eric Reed and, and Kaepernick, you know, they got a couple dollars, but they're, they don't, they're not looked at as the same as an icon like, like Jay. Yeah, and, and well, no doubt. I, I just want to say, oh, good. No, I just want to say a couple things. Like, well, it, it, this this story is more about the like the, the uh, you know the cult of celebrity. Um, I don't have anything wrong with. I don't see anything wrong with what he's doing. I agree. That's my personal belief. But if we're gonna, like, but but at the same time, that's the same I see here it for, for what me. It is, like, too. He's being yeah, I see, I see really it for, does. I see, I see it for what it is. Yeah, like that's my thing. I see it for what it is. Like. <laughs> My problem is 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 the people because, oh, and that's actually people on both sides. It's almost like everything we talk about here. You get the certain people that are just like stands, who there, there's nothing he could do wrong. Like he could literally come out and smack a baby with cancer, and they'll um, excuse it. Um, but on the flip side of that, all the people complaining about him too. What I find funny is this is my new thing I do now. He should have did this at the third. I'm saying, so what you out there doing to make a change? Nothing. Oh, so you 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 think they're banging on your keyboard, like, you know what I mean? Like, so at the same time, man, like we can we can even break down the whole Kaepernick situation and and look sideways at that too. There's so much going on here, man, because Kaepernick has his cult of celebrity going on, where moves that he makes or may not make, they don't get scrutinized either. So, I mean, we can throw both of them under the bus, or we can say, look, let them do what they want to do. Let Kaepernick do what he wants to do with Know Your Rights. Let Jay Z do what he wants to do. And to me, like, you know, I don't get into the whole thing of this is a distraction or that is a distraction because you could, you could, you know, walk and chew gum and think about multiple things. I just think this is an interesting study in um, human psychology and, um, you know, the cult of celebrity or sycophants or however you want to so you uh, just brought you know, up a great down, but... name when you said know your rights because if you let some people tell it, you know, Kaepernick has never done anything past kneeling. A lot of quotes that are coming from that Jay-Z conversation people are using, and they're using them against Colin Kaepernick. Like, I hear a lot of people like, yeah, yo, we are past kneeling. Like, we, what are we going to do? Just keep kneeling until, until what? But people forget that Colin Kaepernick has been, you know, you know do, doing actionable items. So everything that we're taking yeah. from that conversation that Jay-Z said is like, y'all are forgetting that he's doing actionable items. He just can't do them on the NFL stage because he's been blackballed. He doesn't have a job. He can't do that. But you know what? To me, so, it's two other parts of this that are so crazy to me. Like, for one, when did the NFL become the, the, the be-all and end-all when it comes to social justice and shooting black kids? Like, what does the NFL have to do with people shooting black black kids? Like what? Is, like honestly, like, I've been I've been asking that question someone, for two years, man. I've been asking that question for two, three years, man. When someone scores a touchdown, years, scores a touchdown did, like a black baby get shot? Like I don't understand. That's one. Um, no. Two. Y'all, don't, you don't remember me asking that, screaming that when me and B Austin was arguing about the whole Malcolm Jenkins thing? When I kept stressing the fact that dude just got ninety million dollars in free money 
from an organization who's not even liable for the stuff that we're protesting. That, that's, like, that, I, that's the one thing. Right? See how that's a bad thing. Like, yo, they the NFL feel like they're on the hook because it was brought to their doorstep. Yeah, but my thing is um, like, yo, but every, everybody <laughs> fell for the okie doke, man. Like, everybody fell for the okie doke. It became a big issue when it's like, yo, at the end of the day, this is no issue. But I'm like, they should have just ignored him. If they were right, ignored now, him. Let's let's flip it to the other side too, Jim, because we the three of us have been saying this for two years as well. Even though, you know, Colin Kaepernick has become all of our favorite quarterbacks. You know, skills be damned, he's become our favorite quarterback because of you know the, what he started. But we have been saying because we always like to keep it objective. We always like to see things from every perspective, wear every shoe in the conversation. We've been saying this for a long time, and not until Jay-Z got involved has other people started to say this. And they're asking like, well, you know, Colin Kaepernick never talks. So we don't know what, you know, everybody like Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick, Nessa, everybody thinks that whoever does something has to come and get permission from Colin Kaepernick to, to take a baton and do something in this movement but they never say anything. So what are we expecting from them? Like the whole time people were even boycotting the NFL, I think that was because, you know, basically the boycott was because Colin Kaepernick didn't have a job, no matter what people want to say. Um, like we never heard directives from Colin Kaepernick or Eric Reed. Eric Reed just wanted to be mad at everybody, but he never actually said what it is <laughs> that they think is acceptable and all of that kind of stuff. Not that everybody was even waiting on their permission or waiting on what they felt was acceptable, but you can't get mad at everybody who jumps into the fight and doesn't do it your way if we don't even know what the hell your way is. So they're all mad at Jay-Z now. But what do you want? Yo, I, I just think it's a situation where it's a situation where everybody is right and everybody is wrong, but like one thing really has nothing to do with each other. Although, although I can't make the argument that he leveraged the Colin Kaepernick thing to get this deal. Um, right. Oh yeah, no doubt. Being no a doubt. capitalist, everybody did right. that. But, but, yeah, uh, you go yeah, back to Michael Vick. He leveraged like, the Colin Kaepernick thing. But Eric Reed is mad time, at everybody for taking money. He get he get a check. He get an NFL check every week. Like what? But let's be let's be honest though. Um, in my Tobias voice, let's be honest here. How long has social justice um, been been something that you can monetize? Like. Jesse Jackson used to stick up corporations like, yo, you did what? I'm going to bring a bunch of people here unless you cut a check to the coalition and we're going to work on, we're gonna work on, social, we're gonna work on social justice. And, yeah, and like, but I've always said that too. Like, social justice warriors don't have to be broke. <laughs> yo, so, so, you social to be broke justice. Because capital moves. Social justice can be lucrative. Look, <laughs> Re- 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 how long Reverend Al been sticking up companies? Yo, like, Reverend you know, Al got a piggy nigga. Yo, so my thing is, um, you know, it's a it's a new he kid was on able the block. To fund his I'm diet getting, with, social, with his stick up. Let me get this social justice <laughs> money, man. You're like a Doberman pincer. <laughs> no, now he look Yo, like a, a new kid. On, he look like a little boy. He look like a big headed old ass <laughs> little boy. Like, like his yeah, body like is cartoon. very he's little like a, boyish, and his is like a yo. cartoon, yo. Yo, my thing is this though. <laughs> They, they, a lot of them just mad because it's a new kid. Now, here's my thing. If it wasn't Jay-Z, right, and let's just say this was Reverend Al who signed a deal with the NFL for social justice, would it have been the same thing? be all kinds of coons. No, wouldn't nobody <laughs> care. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> I 
Yo, my thing is, there's so many parts to this because Jay Z wouldn't have a cultural juice to do this. He wouldn't have a side Jimmy that defends him. Like Jay is, at least can be polarizing. If Al did Jimmy gonna sit here, everybody Jimmy gonna sit here and act like, man, come on now, Reverend Al been a snitch for years. Yeah, oh yeah, he definitely snitched. But Reverend Al said he only snitched he only snitched on the Italians. He ain't snitched on no black people, so that's his excuse. But, <laughs> so, so what did y'all think about? But that's even <laughs> what did y'all think about the articles written this week by people like Jamel Bomani, Dave Zirin, you know those those folks. to me, you know, kind of called Jay to the carpet. I mean, it, it, it's it's only surprising because you don't run across too many objective people anymore. Everybody thinks with their, their hearts most of the time. So, you know, just like we can know every lyric that Jay-Z's ever spit, but still can criticize him if we feel the need to criticize him without it being quote-unquote blasphemous, I, I really didn't think that Jamel, Bomani, cats like that, I, I didn't think they would because, you know, I hear them all the time kind of being Jay stands. I don't know. So what were y'all thoughts on those? Bomani, Bomani, Bomani ain't really, uh, Bomani, um, Really on some southern hip hop stuff that he he's not a JD sycophant, so that's not oh, shocking so he, me at all. So he might have been waiting. <laughs> he might have been waiting to be able Yeah, to he's not something. a JD. Yeah, but but also in his article, what he was pointing out is like he really didn't criticize him either, though. He just pointed out that it is what it is. But he said the funny thing that I took from his article was that Stephen Ross is like getting off scot free because the whole conversation shifted. If you remember, like a week before this happened, Stephen Ross was under fire for throwing the. Uh, the fundraiser for Trump, and people started boycotting his businesses. But then this happens, and people like you know stopped the boycott, and everything became about Jay Z versus Kaepernick. Like, you know, he kind of got off because of this. Like the whole the whole conversation shifted. And you know that, that's also the interesting thing where you see like uh, Team Kaepernick, Team Jay Z, and and meanwhile the NFL is just sitting back watching the whole thing. Um, you know so. Man, listen. I I just don't know. Like people, people got to stop with the hero worship. But I think that we're past that. I mean, this this is who we are. I mean, look at our president. That's basically yeah. celebrity. It's all celebrity, right? So our president is the freaking the country we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we got a reality star. Master, got a reality show star it is. So my my, yeah. my point is though like we just live in a we live in a culture where ce- celebrity worship is like you know next to none like it, it's out of control. So they're going you want to have culture. the fans who are all defending, yeah, pretty much. But I mean at the same time though like I think it's blame on both sides, right? So I think I think there's a lot of things that could be said about Kaepernick and his movement, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that can be said about Jay Z and what he's doing. But my thing is, does Jay Z owe Kaepernick anything? No. And and, no. and he doesn't. That but that's the that's one issue that I would take with Jay. Why lie and tell everybody that you spoke to Kaepernick if you really didn't do that? That's the part that makes yeah. it look suspect. It's like you could have just went on the yo, I'm hove. I I don't have to answer to you. Like, whatever. And could have just carried it that way. Like I didn't really see the point of him saying, Yeah, we had a conversation and then, you know, Colin's angry girlfriend and homie come out and like, no, they didn't talk. It also, the whole Jermaine Dupree thing, Jimmy and B, that's starting to look a little suspect as well. Because, that's weird you know, too. your man, Funkmaster Sex, 
is he he's been a lot of things and you know since we've known him for the past 20 25 years or so one thing i've never really thought of dude as is a liar though you know what i'm saying he, he's been in all kinds of stuff and i never thought dude to be a liar like he went out and said he it depends. confirmed it depends. With, it depends though, because if he's if he's beefing with someone and Jay Z he he got like long standing static with him, he's known to fabricate things like, like he fabricates things about like you know even with the the uh, other radio station like so he's known to do that. I mean, but you can't trust anybody that wear lugs. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, but me, I never looked at that stuff as fabrication. I looked at a lot of it as as petty, you know, childish. But I don't know. You know, maybe maybe a stone cold liar. But, you know, he went out and said he confirmed with Jermaine Dupree that, you know, there was a conversation with Jay-Z and he kind of questioned what he was doing. Um, and when you saw Jermaine Dupree talk about it, it kind of seemed like Jermaine Dupree was kind of hanging on semantics. Like, no, Jay didn't ever tell me not to do this. He did say that they talked and they brought it up. It, was, it, it seemed like he was kind of playing on semantics to to say well, we talked, but he never told me not to. Um, when we don't really know what that conversation. So, people think now that there might be some pressure from Rock Nation for Jermaine Dupree to, you know, to to stick up for his homie on this one. I don't know, but the J stands ashore using it. Like, see, you know, that's why you gotta wait for everything to come out because that wasn't even true. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that that's not true. But at the same time, like I said, like. Jay doing this, this is this is how he built his wealth. And this you know, is it's lyrically funny, right? what Jay-Z has told us since 1994 he was about. So why do you get mad at somebody um, when really this is the reason we love him in the first place? Like, we, everybody loves wealth. This, we love stories like that. You know, rags to riches. I love the joke more than you know. So I get mad at him. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's done his part. Um, as far as giving back is concerned, and, and I'm sure he'll continue to. So, do you expect Jay to go into something like this and not get a bag for himself on the side? I said, I'm, no, I'm not mad at him, but I just can't be one of the sicker fans that's just like, I can see why people are taking some of the stances that they're taking. And if I hear this, this we nice. got a, you know, a seat at the table thing one more time, I might snap. Cause like yo, again, yo, when did the, the NFL the, become the table <laughs> for change in internet. America? I lost some internet friends. First of all, I lost some internet friends over this. <laughs> I saw I'm yo, like, my Angelo, my Angelo, uh, about my Angelo said when people, my Angelo said when people show you who they are, you gotta believe them. And I say that's sure this, right? <laughs> it, 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 this whole thing is interesting to me because on one hand. I'm like, yo, dude, like, you could have partnered with any major corporation in the world. It probably wouldn't have got this much publicity. But if he wanted to just do social, have a social justice initiative, he's in a, he's in a, because of the cultural capital he possesses, he could have probably called any Fortune 500 company, had a press conference, and said, hey, we're going to, you know, put money into these projects, right? And it would have been completely different. But at the same time, right, I also see that what he's building with this whole thing with Rock Nation through sports and through entertainment, he's probably the first black person to kind of um, get create wealth through black bodies, right? A so, natural resource. 
Yeah, so so some will say a black body is a natural resource, but but we are that resource, but we've never been able to be at the top as an owner to collect revenue off that. He's making a, a, the same type of deals that all these guys have made that he's sitting at the table with, and a lot of people in business look at them as heroes. Um, so I understand that perspective too, where it's like he's a black capitalist, you know, and and, and he's no different than what those other guys are doing, right? It, it, it's like it's almost like, like when I see people who sell uh, real estate courses, right, and they're black people, and I see people get mad at them. I'm like, yo, but you, Carlton Sheets, been since the 1970s doing the same thing, right? I can't be mad at a brother for doing that same thing, but I also recognize it for what it is. And I think that's the point that, like, makes me laugh is because people aren't recognizing it for what it is. They want to, you know, try to, like, paint him as a saint. I mean, and depending upon how you look at it, you still can, but still be realistic about it. Right, so I use Michael Jordan as an example, and people always talk about um, his lack of social social justice initiatives. But then on the flip side, I know you remember um, what's the boy Scoop wrote the article about how many black executives Mike has hired since he's had that seat, more than right. anybody else in the NBA, like more than anybody else in the NBA. So you can make the argument that okay, he's not speaking up about certain things, but he's actually helping black families eat. You know what I'm saying? I literally and, feed their friends. No, no, no. Um, but I'm talking about Rock Nation. It's pretty much all black. I mean, even the informants that work there are people of color. Gotcha. Well, Scott, Scott, you in the chat room, he said black people are boycotting the NFL still because of Cat. Jay-Z owes him the same respect that Kareem, Russell, Jim Brown gave Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, that's, but the thing is, if you know the truth of that story, they, Jim Brown was trying to talk Ali out of it. That picture became popular, I mean, but when you, go, when you start to look at the facts of that, well, Jim, the, the facts the, of that the, is the facts in, in retrospect of that start to tell you a lot of things that we're starting to see with Jim Brown in his old age. Like, like it was Jim Brown, exactly. what we always like, thought like he was. People, yeah, oh, people see, power and the they say, "Oh man, look how powerful." Man, we, of them, we, we can, we can laugh at Jim, Jim Brown and humility. We can laugh and joke, but when you really sit down and think about what you thought Jim Brown was and what he may be, yo, that should make me sad, man. Because I used to and think Jim to, Brown um, was. Yeah, Jim, Jim be tripping. Shout out to uh, Purple Pill in the uh, chat room as well. Um, he, uh, they said distractions. He said if, if Knuckles knew mon- monetary theory, Federal Reserve Act, as well as they know gossip, they might be able to accomplish something of some significance. Um, yeah. What do y'all think about that? I mean, my thing is because they would move. No, 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 they would but, move. But, but the, the they would move the goal. They would move the goal line and change the rules of the game because there have been many, many significant folks that understood monetary policy and investment strategy and still weren't able to capitalize on it because when they got in the game, there was someone there to smack them around. So let's not act. That's another thing that I think we fall victim to as black folks is we fall victim to the whole, if we got it together, if we were, so we, we sort of support the idea of our, at least, I won't say our, our, our intellectual inferiority, but our moral inferiority by even condoning the whole notion that it's us, it's always us, and we're we're our own worst enemy, which, you know, you can argue we are in some cases, but a lot of that 
is people that aren't aware of what has been done to support and grow and what has been subverted. So, you know, they go, they only go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but there were 18 Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. Um, the Freedman's Bank. Me, the, whole the Freedman's Bank. But hold on. Even, okay. beyond, even okay. beyond that, like, the, um, no, I was just saying that the Freedman's Bank, if you want to, like, you really get into that, be awesome. But even beyond that, um, gossip is fun. You're always going to have the contingent that, that, that follow gossip. So being able <laughs> to control. A million. Gossip is fun. Yo, I'm saying. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, you know. Hashtag, you got to know who you're dealing with, like, man. When you deal with the masses, man. They, but but there's, yeah. also a bal- there's also a balance in that, too, though. So there's nothing wrong to me with people liking gossip and, and ratchet stuff. But it's like you have to have a balance of that. But you also have to be able to look at any situation and think critically no. and be objective. And I think that's where the problem lies. If you like gossip, that's cool. But at the same time, be able to sit back and um, look at any situation and be, be objective. And, 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 we don't know, man, but then we live in this all-in society where you, we have to take sides. And no matter how much you, you, you play yourself out of position with some of your quote-unquote opinions, you can't say anything that's remotely critical to the side that you've taken. So even if you're – listen, man. You know, even if you're making yourself look silly with some of the stuff that you say to defend certain things, then it's kind of like so be it with, with people. And that's the part that I can't understand because I can always see multiple layers and multiple sides in every single debate that's going on out there. We spent uh, – We spent the early part of our history calling people lemmings and sycophants because it was funny. But now – as I as I look at society progress or regress, depending on your perspective, it actually is a little scary to me, and it's not it's not a funny joke anymore because it's so true. Like I'm I'm really afraid. Like people will jump off of a cliff to follow their heroes or follow their emotions and give no thought. But you know what's crazy? It's scary. What's crazy is there's nothing wrong with 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 disagreement or or. Or seeing uh, a flaw in someone that you admire. I have a lot of heroes, uh, whether the intellectual heroes. I, you know, I, I read the works of W. E. B. Du Bois. You know what I'm saying? Whether Jim, we talk about Jim Brown Jackson, ain't one of Kwame, Kwame, Kwame Ture, Mr. Marcus, Stedman Graham. You know, people like that. But the fact of the matter is, there isn't one person that's ever walked Jim this Price. earth that I agree 100 percent with. Like, is there anybody that you agree 100 percent with? There's not one person that includes family, 100. friends. Um, you know, yeah, that's Mahmoud Abdul I agree one hundred percent with him. You can't, dog. Like, I, if you if you know more about like his story, how he feels about specific topics, you probably wouldn't agree one hundred percent. Like, there's not one person that I can personally say I agree one hundred percent with, and that, and that that's throughout history, whether that's Marcus Garvey, um, you know, anybody. You you I can because I mean, in a lot of these instances, like. You're Dr. you're King. down for the same end game as you know a lot of these people, but you might you know there's some things in the process that you might not agree on, and that's you know that goes back to that that, that example of Malcolm and, and Martin all the time. Like basically, mm-hmm. they wanted some of the same things, but the way that they went about things, the other one really didn't respect that until you know basically until it was too late, but um. That's, that's just how things are. But people, they can't see that these days. Like, we're going to keep fighting 
not realizing, okay, we might be fighting for the same thing, but just because, you know, there's some things in the process that we're not going to do the same, it doesn't mean that we dis- disagree. But I don't know. And that's another thing, too, though, Beth. Another thing is it's okay to disagree. But we take it, it too far. Okay. It's like we can't just disagree. We got we to gotta call people coons. We got to right. like, I mean, disrespect the their thing. entire life and their like, family. People on one side calling Jay all kinds of names. Now people calling Kaepernick and Reed and everybody. I've always called him Angry Man Reed. That was before, you know, all of this stuff yeah, jumped yeah. off. But, yeah, um, yeah, no, he's always been angry. But I, I don't know. People, <laughs> once they once they take that side and they're all in, that's, it, it just is yo, what it yo, is. Yo, to be honest, to be honest with you, I've never said this, but I'll come out because Eric Reed probably listens to the show. Yo, homie, I don't really like you because I think you're angry for, for no reason. Like you, just, you take away, you take away from the movement with just being angry. Just you go out on the field, you scream on other black men. It, yo, you you out of you a little you a little out of pocket. And Jimmy, please don't bring up the Freedmen's Bank or Nat Turner to me because it sets me off for about thirty days. I think he I was can't. saying it for different reasons. I think, you know, I, I haven't watched the clip because, you know, I, I only get to see clips of those shows because I can't really patronize a lot of those shows. But I heard Shannon Sharp was talking about the whole concept of um, divide and conquer. Now, I definitely believe in, in this particular situation that that term is very relevant. I don't know if it's for the same reason that like I, I, get, the, I get the thought that he was only using the term divide and conquer because there was criticism against Jay-Z. Me, in this case, I would use the divide and conquer definitely because of the fact that, okay, we got a contingent that's calling Jay-Z names and we got a contingent now all of a sudden that's calling Colin Kaepernick names. But everybody has to be held accountable in their role in allowing them to divide and conquer. The NFL knew what they were doing the whole time. We're going to go get the most popular dude in the game um, to give us some credibility. So on, on one end, Jay has to be held accountable for letting the snakes in the door, you know, allowing them to hit us with the banana and the tailpipe again, you know, on the other end, like we said about Colin Kaepernick before, like you have to lay out what you expect from this movement and anybody who's quote unquote, you know, taking the proverbial baton from you in this, you can't just keep getting mad at everybody because the people that are now Colin Kaepernick sycophants, sycophants, they're going to, they're going to get angry at whoever they think is stepping on his toes. So then you got those people calling Jay-Z all, all types of names, but Colin Kaepernick does not communicate with us about this particular thing, about this whole what 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 it has yeah. to do with the NFL. He doesn't yeah. tell us his thoughts on that. But, but they I'm, get I'm, mad at I'm everybody who steps in the door. They can't keep doing it. They can't. I'm a Colin I'm a Colin Kaepernick apologist and, and, and supporter. But you you do make a very valid point because when you step into a mantle of leadership, you do have an a, a responsibility and accountability for the messaging that you put out there because those that follow you are taking cues from your message. And it's almost like dude doesn't want the responsibility of that leadership. Cause he can always say, well, I, I didn't say that, or I didn't tell him that 
I, I, it's like he wants to be a symbol without being a leader at times. At times, I do a, a, acknowledge that. Like, you got to say something, dog. You got to come out a little bit louder because you got the whole world looking at you. And it's all well and good to go to Ghana and braid your hair and wear the kente cloth. And we respect it. We love it. Great. But, yo, you got to say something and stop letting Nessa speak up because a great woman left without direction will get you killed. But, yo, <laughs> yo, yo. Shout out to the I mean, I ain't saying nothing about the Yo, lady. all I'm going to say is this. I'm not, I'm going to leave that one alone, but um, he can't, he probably can't speak based upon that uh, payoff he got. But at the same time, though, um, man, this, this whole thing, this whole thing is a mess, man. Because, no, but, again, but getting dude, back to the original point. We're talk, like, he didn't say anything before the, the, the settlement. This is true. And that's so all like, because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a non-disclosure agreement, and, that, and that's probably like, don't tell all, them what we gave you or what we admitted to, but you got it. You know what? You know what's disappointing? What's disappointing to me is he still wants to play in his league, right? So if you really want to play football, the XFL is there, and, you know, Vince will probably give him a job just on the strength of, like, trying to um, market it because he's all about, no. like, you know, the hype. But at the sure. same time, though, it's like the one thing that hasn't come from this and it's interesting to me is, like, if cats always are in this, this mode now, ultra capital mode now in terms of the culture, how come ain't nobody bossing up talking about starting another league? And yeah. a lot of Yo, times, shout out to OJ Jackson. When I'm like, I'm tired of this seat at the table. Why do we always want a seat at their table? So like we can sit at the table. I think a lot of times we see we see the big stadiums and all that, and we think that it's like too big of a thing. But if you if you if you kind of run it the way ice. Cube has with the big tree. Shout out like, to the big I get, tree. I, I'm going to get sponsors. I'm going to go into already built arenas, and I'm going to kind of like run it similar to like a, a rap show where it's like, um, we're in town this week. Come see us. If, if, let's just say for argument's sake in the NBA, all the best players got together and decided to go on tour, like an N1 tour, but like a big three tour. Like, they can make bread, and they don't have yeah. to share with anybody. But my point is, there's not even talk of that. It's like, yo, I still want to play. But... And, that, and that's what Skyview like, said. Like, he said because Skyview, he said because he still wanted to play. And I told you that last week. I'm still not 100% convinced that he still wanted to play. Like acting like you wanted to play. But he has to make it. Like said, he has, he yeah, he has to make it seem like he wants but to if, play. Yeah. If reports come yeah. out that says, oh, he's working out and he still wants to play, and he doesn't get any offers, or if he doesn't take any offers, you know, <laughs> his martyrdom goes up. His martyrdom status. You know, goes through the roof because at the end of the what day, you'll say Ka- Colin Kaepernick never got back into the NBA, the NFL. I, I wouldn't want to play. What's the last time somebody point. seen him? Does does he even exist anymore? Like, what's the last time somebody actually laid eyes on him? <laughs> laid eyes on him? I don't know. <laughs> and that's another thing. If he, because like, you already have a few people out there, call, you know, saying he sold out for for taking the the collusion settlement. So imagine if he yeah. did get, after all of this, he got back into the league and, and was playing and getting the check and all I, I that think, kind of stuff. People going to call him all I, kinds I, of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a ploy, and I think that what he's doing by staying fit or saying he's staying in shape, it, it builds his martyrdom case. Because yeah. if he's in not, shape, he's ready to play, but he never gets in, then he can say, yo, I was ready. I was ready to go for 10 years, and the call never came. So it's obvious I was black, but I don't think he really wants to play. 
I don't, I don't think yeah. so. But all right, let's, so. but let, let's let's look at this. So let's let's take a different look at this. Let's just say that everything Colin has done has been a hundred percent genuine, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm talking about everything from the from the beginning to the end. And let's just say everything JG did has been a hundred percent genuine, right? Like, mm-hmm. What do they got to do with each other? Like they're two different things. Now I understand the argument that because he because he did this, he'll be the front, he'll be the face of them saying, "Hey, look, you know, we're not racist or we're not that. We have him." But this all goes back to the original question of what is, why is the NFL like the measuring like yo this is a league where dudes run around literally just trying to hurt each other. When you take a step back and look at football, it's actually asinine. As a matter of fact, it's asinine. It's like what does this have to do with, with, with babies getting shot in the street? Like it's really it's really comical when you take a step back, like. Yo, you know, it's entertainment. I've been asking people that for two years. And they don't give me answers. They just get mad at me. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. But I do hold, I hold Jay accountable for that because I give him the credit of being an intelligent person and aware of certain things. I find it hard to believe that Jay doesn't know what it looks like when you shake hands with dudes who are one or two generations removed from the Confederacy and white I don't think and they own I don't food. think you have to find I don't think you have to find it hard to believe. I don't think Jay cares. Like I don't think he cares. That's a good point. That's a good point. They dumbed down his lyrics to double his dollars. He don't care what y'all think. Y'all trying to say y'all trying to say that he don't know how to move in a room full of vultures? Is that what y'all saying? <laughs> and it's, it's so many gay quotables that you can put in this situation for him and against him. No, but that alone. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if y'all not talking about large money, what's the point? No, purple pill says football is disgusting, I mean, dangerous, and stupid. Yo, in its purest form, like all of those things are pretty much true. Like you guys are I willing to do this. For our entertainment. I mean, I know you get paid. They get paid for it, but that's like what Jimmy always said, like with the with the steroid users in baseball, with with people in football trying to knock each other's heads off. If you want to use steroids and mess up your future and your body, and you want to knock each other's heads off and get CTE for our entertainment, then by golly, I dumb down my lyrics and double my dollars, and yet everyone on Facebook is still yelling holla. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, we, we got to move on from this, and I know what Tobias wanted to get uh, something, man. Huh? I said you broke. Just, oh. you going to tell him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get Tobias on real quick. I know he he angry because we took so long. Tobias calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Hey, hey, y'all ain't gonna lighten around me. Let you know that right now. But anyway, how's it going, fellas? Um, <laughs> Pretty good, man. Hey, what you here? First, first thing. Hey, first things first. Hey, whoever the next sports championship team is, Trump can serve them Popeye's chicken uh, chicken sandwiches. I bet they won't let them play. I'm about to say, I'm gonna be, I ain't going to be mad at him this time. How y'all going to act when y'all found out when y'all found out that Rock Nation got equity in Popeye's? And that's why they said, never mind. Hey, no oh, man, but distractions. Thing, guys. My phone cut out how, last y'all, week. how y'all, how y'all going to act when you find out that Robert Kraft set up that phone call between John Corey Carter and Donald Trump? 
Uh oh. Oh yeah. Oh, here's something else right here, people. Yeah, this one I was touching on we last week. We talked about that last week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Black. See, see, y'all know what the issue is, man. With all this, black folks don't really understand power and wealth. That's the that's part of the problem here. You ain't have none. Yes, and that's the thing. See, here's the thing. The problem. One problem I have with this one thing I respect about LeBron. He made people. He got people up with him. He's not a one man army. Who has Jay Z well, made? made people. Yeah. You said now, who now, he made? I ain't, ain't talking about, about soft money or a meal. Memphis Bleak is the, the new and improved James. Sean Pecker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, he made, a, he so, made so a very angry Damon Dash. Yeah. And you know what happened to him? And also, <laughs> well, speaking of angry, you know, it's, it's kinda, yeah. it's, you know, hold on, real quick, Tobias, it's funny you say that because that's one of the points that Dame made on his interview today. He said that. Jay, and it's funny you bring up LeBron. I didn't think about that analogy just now. Like, LeBron put his homies on and put them in positions of power. All Jay's friends work for him. They all got jobs. No, that's funny. Listen, and the, the only people sitting in the back during that press conference. The only, hey, the hey, only hey. people on, only people on this, the only people on this show are going to acknowledge that Dame Dash is actually right because Dame is so angry and bitter. That people are just going to point at the anger and the bitterness, but but Dame is That's all I thought today. Like, oh my God, he's still bitter. I mean, I'd be yeah, I'd yeah. be bitter too if you cut me out of you ain't lying. This empire that we bought that no. we built together, and you became a billionaire, no. and I became a negative two millionaire. I mean, be, be, man. You know, be awesome, break, be awesome. Go ahead. It's like be awesome breaking out on this occasion. The name War Room Nation. Like, yo, what you mean War Room Nation? <laughs> But you guys know what the other problem is also? It's like, y'all talk about the NFL and all this social justice. Social justice, black people, means everybody, not just black people. The thing is, these owners have access to politicians, local and Donald Trump's number on speed dial, his regular number, not the White House number. Jay-Z's hugged well, up Barack true. Obama, always chilling with him. He never asked them what you're going to do for black people or anything like that. Think about that. If we want to have these people here, one, he's a one-man army also. That's another problem. And you know, he, he, these white people power ain't one-man armies. Uh, <laughs> you know, and hey, so – It's Tobias. Tobias, real quick. You just made another great point, right? So all these owners, so they throw, uh, you know, they throw different kind of uh, fundraisers for the president. They have his direct number. So my thing is, if you really wanted to take care of social justice, couldn't you get you like, right policy there. passed? What's, what do you What do you need Jay Z for? Other than the office? and my thing is, all you gotta do is get Stephen Ross on the phone and be so. My thing is one also. If you donate a hundred million dollars and millions of dollars to Donald Trump, and that's just the inauguration party, that's what you believe in. See what these black folks don't get is, and I, I ain't talking about the new edition of, of Plantation Wars with Whitlock and, and Marcellus Wiley on one side. And Roland Martin on the other fight. And I ain't talking about them. Uh, what people don't realize is they'll make a donation to a cause and shut you up. See, all these black folks, well, all this good Jay-Z did. I ain't knocking the yeah. charity he's done. But charity is not policy. Paying for a funeral is yes. not policy. Chari- hashtag charity right. is not policy. Yo, <laughs> Tobias, when you start in the pod, brother, we on. Get on the hey, air, Tobias on here. I, Tobias I'm so busy, man. Go back to school. Yeah, yeah, hey, oh yeah, cause, cause Rob hates me, by the way. But uh, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing about charity. Also, the problem is that we accept. 
Yeah, because we accept charity, but but that ain't policy. And see, the thing is, say, no. okay. J- j- Tobias, Tobias the death the depth that you're going into, watch this. And I'm 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 gonna follow you right into the deep end of the pool. Pause. We don't even realize that money doesn't matter. Money is just a tool. When you're wealthy you control natural resources, distribution, marketing, and the communication channels, you can always go get some money. But as a regular person looking up, a regular person, we're worshiping the tool. The powerful, the wealthy, yo, they have unlimited access to the tool because what makes them wealthy isn't even money. It's the access. It's the, yo, we on a whole, Jay is on a whole other level in terms of why he is a sellout. And some of the points you're making will fly <laughs> over the head of coming in man. And they're not Can even going to question, be Austin? Is he yeah. a sellout because, because I don't know, the reason I'm asking that question is because, right, the point you made, I, I understand it and agree with it. But I, I, maybe he's on a path to try to get those. Like I said, he's the first person I can see that's gotten to the point where he actually has control of, culture. Even if you look at other black billionaires, whether we're talking about Oprah or something like that, they don't control culture and can't shift things the way that he can because of his single funds. He's the first black person to be able to take advantage, like I said, um, control wealth through the power through the power of black bodies. Like He can, he can be, move a, a bunch of people at one I'm time. I'm going to be presumptuous here. I'm going to be a little presumptuous, right? If we consider Trump and Trump's core base of supporters to be an irreversible, irreparable cancer. If we consider that cancer and getting intimate with the cancer doesn't mean you can heal the body. And that's something that, you know, it's really cool and really sounds nice and cliche. And it is definitely cliche to say, Oh, we're going to table and we're going to change it from the inside. We're going to change Oh, I wasn't saying that at all. That's not what I'm saying. I wasn't saying that at all. I was talking about. I'm talking about the quest to get the to, to get the bacon. Like so. Oh, 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 like, ooh, ooh, I got that. Quest no, first, 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 I'll say this. Eric Reed reminds me of Buster Rhymes' character on uh, Higher Learning. I always mad for nothing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yo, why are you so mad? <laughs> Yo, even no, even even if I agree with everything Eric Reed stands for, yo, I can't stand next to that dude. Yo, if we was if we was fifteen years younger, you would be scaring the itches away, yo. You too mad, man. Yeah, he be the one fight. He, he be the one fighting with the little John the Three Six Mafia song. Come on, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right, you know, y'all gotta hurry up, man. We gotta talk about. Hey, I'll say this. I asked the one Southern rap fan thinks Outkast is the greatest rap group ever because you know, I'm from the South and everything. But the problem with Jay Z is he is what's wrong with Black America and his country in general. Is that the only way he can Damn. get rich and leave his situation is by entertainment. That ain't no resource. You cannot pass that down to your kids. Robert Kraft can pass down Kraft food to his kids. Jerry Jones can pass down oil. Crocky could pass down real estate. Well, 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 Jay Z stopped rapping right now. Yeah, but that's the thing though. At this point, he's not even making money off rapping. That's that's the point. The point is, the point is, we've always looked at entertainment as not being as not being an industry. It is an industry. We've just never owned a piece of that industry. And that's the problem. Like, like, when you think, and, and, 
but what I'm saying is he's the first person to be able to own a huge piece of that industry and have the say so he has that cultural capital and the ownership and the ownership of say a rock nation which is involved in sports and entertainment. Sports and entertainment are two fields that we have dominated for I mean, and don't we have own dominated that. since we were allowed but we didn't own any part of it. And and I think that's the, that's what's interesting about it to me, but at the same time, right you can pass down ownership of um you know his alcohol or or his uh you know every other thing he does to harm our community. I, I, hey, you can hey, pass guys, ownership I, of that I, down. Hey, hey guys, I, I, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll say this yeah. before I run. I'll say this before I run. Yeah. See, the thing is, black people got to remember we got to be a team on this stuff because remember thirty some years ago, Luke had his own distribution and you saw what the Supreme Court they yeah, was trying did. to get him on that. And so you got to think about this. That's why you got to be a team effort. Where when they come and make people. Well, when they come down on you, you got people that got your back and have the ability to help you fight. Hey, you guys have a good and, one, man. And look, to buy, and, and look, to buy they, use the black, they use the black woman to go after Uncle Luke and Tupac and all other young rappers for that matter. Mike Tyson. Right. <laughs> yeah, y'all cooking tonight. All right. Let's talk about some chicken, man. Let's talk about chicken. Yeah, some yeah, black we're going to move on to that real quick, man. I just wanted to bring up. Um, especially since we got Skyview in the in the in the chat room, man. Boy Antonio Brown, he filed his second helmet grievance. This time, the team's GM Mike Mayock. Like, <laughs> Mike Mayock is becoming a little bit frustrated with this situation. Um, he had a quote saying, "You all know that AB is not here today." This was from Sunday. So here's the bottom line: He's pretty upset about the helmet issue. We have supported that. We appreciate that. But at this point. We've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out. So we're hoping he's back soon. Does that sound like a, a team that's a little bit frustrated and they've come to the end of their rope with this Antonio Brown helmet situation? I think Mike Mayock Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse, yo. Yeah, see, but the thing no. is, it's, it's like- going to be a situation where – AB is going to poke and poke and poke just because he knows he can. And then, you know, in, in the 11th hour, he's going to jump on the field and he's going to dominate. And, you know, people are going to want it's to, all gonna to go away. about all the trouble that he's causing over the helmet. Or now, he's do all this to get injured. And if he gets a head injury, then AB is going to be like, see, <laughs> I told you. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't even going front, and I ain't going to hold you. There once was a wide receiver that we considered the greatest football player of all time, and because of his actions, he can no longer exist on our show. Was that, Yo, my man, was that first a segue, of all, was that a, Is that a segue to Popeyes? I mean, who, <laughs> first of all, it, it, it could have and it should have been, but I'm going to go backwards with it. First of all, your homie dyed his mustache blonde. And he didn't have no beard. Funny thing is, I actually planned to use that when it was time. I definitely yo, planned to use I, I, I wanted to make I wanted to make one more I wanted to make one more point about our previous conversation because um, I yeah. didn't get a chance to watch that full like that sit down or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I just want to make I want to make one comment. That. My one comment was my one comment was um I remember when the Nets had a press conference back in the day. And um and Sean Carter got there and they promised ten thousand jobs and two thousand affordable housing units as part of that whole deal. 
but only thirty but only thirty five hundred people got jobs and zero affordable housing units were built, even though they promised two thousand. But never mind. I'm sorry, go ahead. What'd you say about our <laughs> Hey, hey. And that's another thing. And 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 shout out one more time to Purplefield. He said earlier that Jay Z was chosen. I Jay Z was I, I I believe that wholeheartedly. Because it was I will believe that one million percent. Jay Z had Jay Z had like two hundred and thirty five thousand dollars worth of the nets, but they trotted him out there because of his popularity and people ran with it. Jay Z owned the Nets, Jay Z owned the Barclays Center, Jay Z no. this, Jay Z that. He moved the team to Brooklyn. Jay Z and let you know all they really let him do was put his face out there and design the uniform. That number, yo, that number that you threw, that number that you threw out there, though, Dev, I think you should be clear to the listeners that what you just said was not hyperbole. He owned like two hundred like to five hundred thousand dollars. Yo, of the I, I don't, I don't knock him for that because if they, if they, if they, if they, if they ask you for two hundred thirty-five k right now for a piece of the nets, I get it. Like I don't knock him for that. I knock him for the promises. You, like you, you went out there to you. At that time, he was, you went out there. Jay Z was at that time a four hundred million dollar dude. Like I got more money. You went out there to the people. Over voice. No, I got that, but my thing is, to me, that wasn't the travesty. It's like you went out there to the people in your community and made them promises mm-hmm. that you that you couldn't deliver on. Um, but in retrospect, when you look at how because the whole thing played out, it. now you see why. Now you see why the powers that be. Got like him I and Dame separated because I got y'all some nice new if, Dame, if him and Dame, if him and Dame was still running around, I don't think that he'd be at the same level he is financially. He, but he I, I also no, think Dame, 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 Dame is loose cannon. He has liability sometimes. Yeah, he is. No, he is. He is. But at the same time, though, at the same time, though, he wouldn't allow some of these moves. These these moves no, that people Dame, are questioning no, to be made. That's okay. Oh yeah, because all about like loyalty and and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, and that's my thing. And his son, his son had his own cookies. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, guys. He means no. He means he means Dan means well. But getting yeah, back to getting back to Mister uh to Mister Big Chest, man. First of all, the boy dyed his mustache blonde and shaved his beard and nicknamed himself Mister Big Chest. So all of those things, how you joke is how you look at the world. Like, yo, he's he is a absolute complete noodle and out of control. And um I believe at his age we could be close to seeing a production fall off and that's gonna be really interesting what happens in the next two two seasons with his production. I'm not wishing it, wishing it on him, but he's damn sure I damn sure know the Raiders have buyer's remorse. They didn't expect all this, man. Yeah. I mean, they, they I'm pretty sure they're still looking forward to him getting on the field before they really start. Wide receivers, wide receivers don't do enough. Right. Wide receivers don't do enough to put up with this. Let's just keep it a being. Mm-hmm. Like you can win this league without a wide receiver with this this level of talent. Like you don't you don't bring enough to the overall aspect of the game for you to like be this much of a headache. Yo, I would argue that point, uh, Jimmy, at one point for this dude, 
that dyed his mustache yellow and calls himself Mr. Big Chest, I would argue, well, he returns punts and he returns kicks. But he ain't did that in about four or five seasons. So what else does he do but do all this and catch the ball seven or eight times a game? Well, speaking of receivers, man, shout out to Josh Gordon, who is getting another yet another chance. He's been reinstated into the yeah, NFL the on, a conditional, on a conditional basis. So basically, effective Sunday, he can rejoin the Patriots to attend meetings and engage in conditioning work and individual workouts. Um, you know, he's subject to certain clinical care and other arrangements. Um, he won't be permitted to participate in other team activities, including practice until a little while later, and he definitely can't play in their game on August 22nd. So basically, you know, he, he's in on a conditional basis. He has to, um, I guess, show progress to be able to go to the next step. But are y'all surprised that he's getting yet another chance, or is it not surprising because he's a member of the It's not surprising based on his level of talent and what he projected to be talent-wise if he would have stayed clean. But who's the ball, that cornerback ball that used to play uh, for the Bengals that, that I had? Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Pac, yo, who gets more chances and whose situation is worse, Pac-Man or Josh Gordon? That's a good verse. It, it, it's, actually, it's actually hard to say because, you know, Pac-Man, a lot of his stuff was – a lot of his stuff, his trouble was with the law. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And – you know, and and society as a whole—that's worse than I guess you having an issue yourself. That's 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 tearing yourself down like drugs. But the drug thing is, you know, against league policy, so he gets suspended every time. So it looks bad because it's like, okay, they keep suspending the dude where he can't play for a while. He gets banned for a few games. He gets banned for a season, and he keeps coming back. Pac-Man, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did could be fought in court, and then if you get a favorable decision in court, the NFL usually goes a little easier on you, so I don't know. It it seems the same, but I think they're, like, totally different situations. But Josh keeps breaking NFL rules, and he keeps getting back. Have have either of y'all brothers had occasion to actually see Josh Gordon, like, speak in an interview? Have, Have you seen him, Jimmy? Have you seen him right? Yeah, we makes him not read. I know you have, Jimmy. Have you seen him talk? Not recently. Uh, I mean, though. whatever. I mean, ever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, I can't bang with Bull, and I hope he. I I, I can't bang because he actually reminds me of myself when I used to get in trouble in elementary school and called into the principal's office. And because I could speak English and, a and lot they, better. And they tell your mom how bright you are, but you're so disruptive. Yo, yo, Josh, yo, Josh will get into the, into the, in, I am so apologetic for the opportunities that have been afforded to me. And I realize that, that, <laughs> and, and I really, I want the fans to know, I want ownership to know, I want my coaches to know that I appreciate the heartfelt empathy and compassion that they've demonstrated towards me. And then I'll, yo, come on, fam. No, I'm not buying none of that. I, yo, I did that. I did that when I was, yo, I did that when I was 11. I can't with boy, man. He go, he's going to mess up again, and I just want him to get help and get healthy. It's over, fam. You're never going to eclipse T.O. You had the talent. 
but I can't bang with you, man. It's all a hustle, man. You're going to mess up again, man. <laughs> well, with the Patriots, if they can't change you, the Patriots can change you. It's the Patriot way. All right. So, man, the Patriots change. draft murderers. Imagine him with Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> hey, Patrick Chung. Speaking of, Patrick Chung is, is getting arraigned on some coke charges. So, yeah, Patriot way is a little. I mean, but that's the NFL. That's why I told you the whole Pac-Man thing was different. The NFL really doesn't care if you're a damn criminal. You know what I'm saying? They're going to cover it up until they can't anymore. I mean, look at you know sure. Ray Rice punching his, his chick. Like, they knew about it. They knew the extent of it because Ray Rice was cool. honest with him. But until the video came out, <laughs> they had already covered it up. But then when the video came out, then they want to you know have a moral compass all of a sudden. So the NFL don't care. Yo, go out there and shoot people, Aaron Hernandez. Just don't get caught. Things wrong with you. Real <laughs> talk. That's how they are. These dudes are talented. They make our league better. So if you out there, so dudes, you dirt, you just don't get caught. Patrick Chung, what like, you, you know, make this stash so out somebody else. What you're saying is that they knew and understood that Aaron Hernandez was in the Crips, was an eight-trade gangster, gangster Crips. Dude. Do you hear everybody coming out after the fact talking about, yeah, dude was this and he was this and I knew he was this? Oh, but you, wow. yeah, y'all know now. Like, that's for age, man. Wow. Yeah. You don't care, man. <laughs> you don't care as long as you're producing and you hadn't got caught yet. Come on. Yo, Aaron you're Hernandez was a, had a shrine to Tukey and Raymond Washington. Half of these new incidences with the, you know, men putting their hands on women, if there's not a video attached to NFL, would, you know, would have swept all of them under the rug. All right. Um, we're going to skip Baker Mayfield talking trash because Baker Mayfield talking trash is really not news. Let's go to our quote of the week, though. Our quote of the week is two words. Zeke who? And those words were uttered by Dallas Cowboys owner, team owner, Jarrah uh, Jones. And he said this to a group of reporters after – uh, Zeke's backup running back, uh, who was that? Who had a pretty good game? Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, yeah. Tony Pollard had a pretty pretty good preseason performance. Um, he's a rookie, so when he was asked about it, um, he joked Zeke, who, but Zeke nor his agent took it as a joke and felt very disrespected um, in the whole thing. So. Dude, who actually was rumored to have flown back to Dallas, went back to Cabo. <laughs> he went back to Cabo after this whole thing. Um, I did hear some news today that the Cowboys have offered Zeke a contract that will make him the second second highest paid running back in league history to Todd Gurley. So we don't know where that is. But do y'all think do y'all think the quip was a little disrespectful from Jerry, or do y'all think? Zeke and his lawyer was in his in their feelings a little too much. I mean, his agent. Both, both. a little bit of both. I think. Zeke, it, I think. It, do you love me? Because Jerry knew what he was doing when he did it. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry knew what he was doing, but Jerry's like, "Yo, I done stuck stuck my neck out for you after all of them times where you sexually accosted women, and I got you off the hook. You pulling out breasts up on on in restaurants. You you rolling up on your girlfriend at concerts." You, you, you're sexually assaulting women on campus. All of those things have happened, 
And I told the whole world, not my Negro boy. Mm-hmm. No. Not my Negro boy. You going to leave him alone. He's my Negro. I love my African American. And after all of that, so Jerry's like, yo, I done stuck my neck out for you. And you're holding out before the contract is up. Now, the argument on the other side, of course, is he's a running back. Collective bargaining agreement sucks. And y'all know that if he gets injured, he can't get paid. Y'all can cut him at any time. So, But do you, but yeah, you, do you think Jerry, because of all the things you said and all the things he defended him on, he expects him to take that hometown discount because of that? Because it's not even – I don't think he's mad at yeah. him because – He's holding out the contracts almost, you know, not even up. I mean, I, you pretty much know at this point Ezekiel Elliott is not going to play again on that rookie deal. So they knew they were going to pay him. I just think they don't want to pay him what he wants. They want him to take that. They don't want to. They don't want to pay Todd Gurley money because that, he'll end up with he could end up with Todd Gurley injuries or Todd Gurley needs. So they feel as though that Todd Gurley reset to the market. Every owner, period, wants that to be an outlier, and they want to fight the running back on getting that type of money because it's a risk at that position. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, look, our, our, that's our quote of the week. Our stat of the week is simply $120,000, and that is how much a Barack Obama high school jersey garnered at an auction. The winning bid, a hundred. And $20,000 by a buyer who wanted to remain anonymous. You know what's funniest about this story? Is that everybody's digging up. They're trying to find out how good of a high school player Barack Obama was. Um, they're trying to find his statistics and all that kind of stuff. Which is... He was trash. It's, it's stupid in this situation because what does that matter? He didn't get $120,000 on his jersey because he was that good. He was the president of the freaking United States, and he happened to play basketball. So people are digging up old stuff. But in everybody's search, I, re- I did a little research myself. I couldn't find the statistics, but he was he was like the only black dude on the team. It looked like he was the tallest dude on the team. And he had some people say some quotes, say some nice things about his game. But after finding all that out, you also find out that even though they won a state championship, and you think – the tall black guy is going to be the best player on a on a, on a state championship team. He didn't even start. Adventure. He wasn't even a starter. So, <laughs> no, so for for the <laughs> the nineteen seventy nine Punahou High School yearbook, he did get his photo in there of him shooting a little. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a jumper because he's two feet away from the basket, but I guess that's how he laid up back then. Um, but yeah, after all of that, you know, people actually had the nerve to go do research to see if his numbers, <laughs> his his numbers were commensurate with the price of this. They're like, no, he's the president of the United States. That's why he got a hundred and twenty. A celebrity, no doubt. All, all right, so yeah, real, real quick, you guys, you know the deal. You can check out our website anytime at worldsports.com. Uh, just make sure you take your time and look around. If you got any general inquiries for us, for us, especially about sponsorship opportunities, uh, advertising opportunities, and if you want to join the network in any way as a uh, show personality, uh, a writer, anything, 
um, hit us at info at warroomsports.com. While you're browsing the site, make sure you click the memorabilia tab, you know, buy some merchandise, all that good stuff. But uh, you can also click the respective icons and tabs to follow all our social media platforms. And if you want to get in on the conversations right now, you can join us in the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't want to do that, you can still get into your Facebook or Twitter account. So while you're at it, make sure you click follow. That'll get you updates and reminders about the show. We'll be taking questions and reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, the chat room, um, and the War Room Sports Game Time group on the GroupMe app during the show. But if you want to call in and speak with us, the Digital Extreme Technologies Hotline is open, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. All right, then let's let's get into to these uh you know what happened this week while everybody was on the grind. I have a feeling this is really gonna be the last segment of the show because the last topic here yes, sir. is probably gonna take us to the end of the show. So so before you do this, I just wanna give a shout out to the topics that we intended on talking about that we won't get to. So you guys can talk about them on our uh social media platforms if you want. We we're gonna talk about the twenty nineteen Team USA roster. And how it's Mad Sonic. Um, we will talk about Jimmy's Lakers working out the White Howard, Joe Kim Noah at most states this week. And the story that we didn't get to last week, that we're still not going to get to this week, Alibaba co-founder um, buys the Brooklyn Nets for a record $2.35 billion. Uh, he did that in two transactions. Um, and the Clippers now have hired Ty Lu as the top assistant. Last week, we told you that they were looking to hire him, and they were probably trolling LeBron James by doing it. Well, the troll, the troll move has been completed, and Ty Lue has been hired by the Clippers. So shout out to all of those NBA topics that we will not get to to, to talk about in depth. You got it, Jim. Yes, sir. And while you were on the grind, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. It's the greatest sports book you've ever read. And listen, you can get this sports book by going to two places. You can go to sportsbook.com or you can go right to the hub, our hub, which is warroomsports.com. But you got to get this book. Do not miss the movement. But it is definitely time to talk about what happened past week while all of you My guys bad. were Casey on the in the, in the game time group, he said Trump is the anonymous buyer of Obama's jersey. <laughs> wouldn't, be shock, wouldn't be shocking. You do think about being a lot. He's going to burn that junk. boy out his mouth. So, yeah. I'm going to burn that junk. <laughs> All right. My bad. So yeah, what's, what's going on? Let's talk about what happened this past week while you were on the Grizznai. Um, the first story is a sad story. Uh, running back Cedric <laughs> Benson died in the motorcycle accident, man. Rest in power to Cedric Benson. Yeah, that's crazy. And this is kind of crazy because. He had posted on like IG right before he went out, like I'm about to go out. You know what I'm saying? Like this is my this is what my night looks like. Posting pictures of his bike and like a BMW you know, bike. The or last post he made. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Said, I think the motor the accident was between himself and a minivan. They said two adults were deceased. He was of course one of those adults, with two other adults suffering nine life threatening injuries. So, um, rest in and and peace, rest in power. Cedric Benson going too soon, thirty six years old. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, oh, how about I, this and, story here? I, and the crazy part, yeah, we have to say, I guess I don't have to, but 
ironically, three days before his death, he pleaded no contest to obstructing a passageway in a deal which saw a drunken driving charge from a 2017 arrest dismissed. Um, he was sentenced to two days in jail, which he had already served, um, but he had uh, pleaded no contest three days before dying in another vehicle-related situation. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Tragic. That's very tragic, tragic man. Tragic, yeah. Richard, Richard, how about this one? Richard Williams who was actually inducted into America's Tennis Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts on that? Um, you cannot say that you can't say he's not a significant contributor to the game of tennis. Like we, we argue this all the time. And, you know, when we argue FOH, you know, HOF or FOH, it's usually people that at least played the game in some capacity, but come on, when you may have, you know, spooted the seed, that, that created probably the top two women's players of all time. I know some people want to try to knock Venus down a couple of notches on that, but no. they have an argument for being the top two women's players of all time. Um, women's? How about just players? <laughs> period. Yeah, I mean, when you say top two, then you would definitely have to knock Venus down a little bit if we're, if we're saying top two of all time, just anybody. But two of the top Tennis players of all time. Um, yeah, I mean I that's know. true. I mean, because he was their coach. Like he was Manning, their initial coach. So Archie, it's not like is Archie Manning get in the NFL legitimate... Hall of Fame? Like, no, no, but you know, because I joke when I say you know, screwed at the seed, but he was actually a tennis coach. Training. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he was didn't training coach yeah. these girls, and then the ones that were yeah. his spawn actually became. Okay. What they became. So he has more of a case, like if so, somebody ever tried to put, like uh, say if Archie Manning never played right, so, football and they tried to put him in because of his son, I think Richard Williams would have a way better case for making it. I think right, Archie, well, I mean, because Archie, Archie getting knocked because of Eli's the, the the latter part of Eli's career, though. Well, hold on though. <laughs> All right, so what, what about the what's the boy's name? Uh, what's the boy's name? Tim Glover, Glover. What's the boy's name that used to be Mike's personal trainer? Oh, yeah, um, Tim, Tim Glover. Tim Glover. Yeah, Grover. does he get in? Tim Grover, Tim Grover I think. Grover. Grover. Does Tim Grover get in? No. They might credit Tim Grover with bringing weightlifting to game day. So he might. <laughs> he might. That changed the game, man. That changed the game. I'm all about honoring Trainer I'm Wayne. all about honoring Richard Williams, but I'm all about honoring Richard Williams. I think Richard Williams is is, is, is that guy. But at the same time, though, I just hate when they water Hall of Fame down, man. Like this is a publicity yeah. thing. They want to get publicity you know what, Hall of Fame what, that I didn't know. Even... I, I I take some of that back because I just read they talk about his coaching efforts. They said he basically taught Venus and Serena without any prior knowledge or playing experience. <laughs> so he didn't really know how to play tennis. Come on, man. I thought he coached other people, <laughs> and then his just happened. That's why I always knew the story. So that's basically oh. like this. That's basically like them letting me in to the soccer hall of fame if my son becomes a great soccer player. Because out of all the things on, that man. he plays, soccer is the one that I have no experience. I know nothing about. But I you know, I mm-hmm. come on man. I say some stuff. It might be wrong as hell, but I say it. 
So if yeah, I'm going to the hall on that one. He becomes. I'm going to the hall. What we doing here? What we doing here, man? Yeah, What's really good, man? After reading that, because I'm sitting here thinking like I'm thinking he had a stable of people that he coached. Because he had other kids, no. he coached them too. They just didn't become great. I thought he had. Yo, I, this, I really this, always this. thought the story was that he was a soccer. I mean, a, a tennis coach. I didn't know he had no. No, man. Knowledge. Yo, this Earl know. Woods. This Earl Woods getting the golf hall of fame. Like we want the Earl Woods in the golf hall of fame too. <laughs> we gonna let no, we gonna wow. let, LeVar, let Levar Ball in the basketball hall of fame. I mean, he might. <laughs> Listen, man, man. Speaking of speaking of golf though. Made a speaking brain. of golf. Steph Curry, Steph Curry uh, brought golf to Howard University. Shout out, Steph Steph Howard, Howard, <laughs> Shout out to you Steph forever. Shout out to Steph. Y'all would have played golf? <clears throat> nah. No. Um, no. It, 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 you know, and, and shout out to Steph. You know what I mean? Shout out to HU. Everybody's excited about this. But I'm watching all the, you know, the alumni social media spots. And everybody's so prideful about this. And I'm like... Like, I don't want to be the, the Grinch boy, but I'm like, so? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. Like, you know why, you know why, Devin, you know why, Devin, because we still have a Division One, a Division One <laughs> program with a gymnasium and facilities that's smaller than our high school. I'm not about to say, like, Steph, I mean, I know you love golf. But, you know, while you were there, did you go take a look at the gym? Like, help the people out that play Yo. your sport. Like, come on. Listen, and man. you notice we're calling it a gym. All like, they have a Division One program that plays in the gym. Can we get an arena? Come on. Yo. But no, I ain't going to tell people how to spend Yo. their money. Shout out to Sports. Shout out to Howard. Fact. I'm just not that excited about a golf team. No, what I'm going to say is this, though. Howard. The first Howard, facility is probably Howard. better than ours. You need to buy a dorm. No, I doubt it. But listen, huh? listen, I, I, no, all HBCUs is poor these days. But listen, though, my thing is Howard literally, literally has someone right now running to be the president of the United States. And, y- and this is what y'all getting hype over? <laughs> well, they, you know, they, 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 they were excited about her, and then everybody started cooking her, and then everybody jumped on board. So <laughs> They turned. It was like, come on, Seth, look out for now, it. Now, what I will give praise to in this situation, and we're going to get rid of this real quick because we got some chicken to talk about. Um, <laughs> this, was all bought a, this was all bought about by a student, um, a junior by One the name student. of uh, Otis Ferguson IV. Now, Steph was, he was there. I don't know what he was there to do. I think he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were attending a screening of Emmanuel, which is a documentary produced by Steph's company, SC30, um, which is based on the 2015 uh, Charleston, South Carolina Emmanuel AME Church Massacre. We all know about that, right? Mm-hmm. So after the program, I don't know how he had access. Maybe he was one of those students that had something to do with putting it together, but he waited till after and at the meet and greet, he invited Steph to around the golf because he heard that Steph was uh, an avid golf player. So nah, Steph trying to play professional. Literally. Yeah, so, you know, Steph accepted. They played golf together and they had a meaningful conversation about what the, that the university was lacking um, in this department. And Steph ended up pledging, what was it? 
I don't know if there was an exact number, but it's like millions of dollars over the next six or seven years um, to get this golf program off the ground. So shout out to the young boy Otis. Well, you, you know, know that that, that actually one thing makes about the story better. Some of these like, that, that, kids, man, they get things done, man. I was there. Shout yeah, I'm about to say that changes the whole story. Like, you know, that's that is the story to me. Like a, yeah, a lot yeah. of other people are just like, oh, Howard, Steph, golf. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fire, though. Like, salute to that young boy for getting for closing the deal. Like, I'm going to close this deal should've on the golf course. Like, salute to, to that Steph young boy. I, like, put a weed lab at the school. Marijuana lab. Uh. <laughs> Yo, man. And now, and now listen, man, we got a story. We, fi- we finally got to talk about this story, man. It's sweeping the nation. It's going all over, man. And that's Chicken! the Chicken Sandwich Wars, man. The sandwich wars, um, Jim. Before for anybody who's not living under a rock, for anybody who's not living under a rock, um, uh-huh. you guys know about the chicken sandwich wars of Popeyes, Chick Fil A. When everybody's in the mix, except for uh, you know, uh, B. Austin's favorite, which is like Zach Morris's um restaurant, whatever that's called. Zach but um, Zach was trash. <laughs> Zach Morris, <laughs> whatever. But um. Everybody else is in the mix. Bojangles. Everybody is weighed in on these chicken wars, man. Um, for for me, it started a couple weeks ago when uh Roy, um, from the Broad Street Line, as well as uh, you know, John Appetit, I put up a post. There's a couple and weeks we ago, I put up a post like, "Yo, this is," and, and uh, yeah, the reason I trust Roy because me and Roy, literally a couple weeks ago, I, I say about you know a couple weeks ago, we we were sitting in the bar talking, and about an hour of our conversation was in regards to Chick Fil A. And our love for Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like, we literally had an hour conversation at a bar about both of our loves for Chick-fil-A and the nuances of the different sauces. So I know he's about that Chick-fil-A life. Um, Jimmy's so a, when yeah, I heard him Jimmy's say that, I was like, red yo. Member. <laughs> you already know, man. I'm a red member of Chick-fil-A. Yeah. But um, I told people that's so like your educational distinction. Like, you know, I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm Devin McMillan, MBA, or somebody be like, you know, I'm Kill Bayon, PhD. <laughs> You can really say that, like I'm, I'm Jimmy Williams, uh, red member. <laughs> like, yo, I'm about to change, I'm about to change my Twitter name, yo. And I'm twenty, I'm twenty five hundred points away from that distinction myself. Oh, you'll be there soon, doggy. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Try, yeah, yeah, square, man. I don't stop eating at Popeyes. I can go get my points. No, right, I will not. Yo, yo, what I was gonna say before we even start talking about this and giving our comparison reviews. I guess a lot of people, you know, on social media trying to spoil everybody's fun, talking about, oh, I can't believe my people out here being stereotypes and debating over chicken and, and all of this kind of stuff. Like, man, man, go sit down somewhere, man. Everybody, you know, everything doesn't have to be Shut so up. serious. I keep hearing people say, oh, man, this chicken thing is a distraction. Yo, like, we can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, in my life, I'm doing like 464 things per day at the same time. So I can I can joke and talk about a damn chicken sandwich, and still keep my eye on the prize, and still talk about politics, still talk about sports. Like I just wish people Yo, would lighten up. You know what I'm saying? I eat fried. I choose to eat, eat eat watermelon, drink iced tea, and pick cotton. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not. No. We have, we're, we're talking about some food. You know what I'm saying? We're not. We're not walking around with wingdings in our in our face mask. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loosen up. And like I said, I mean, they they probably was typing that with one hand while they were eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich with the other one. Everybody there faking. I mean, here's the fact of the matter, man. Food food is a special place. If you want to start something like this, food is the easiest one to start. It's the easiest one to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we, we do we do this thing over here in Philly, right, where we, like, try to support black businesses. So we'll, like, try to get um a bunch of people to show up at a black business on one specific day. Um, And the funniest thing about that is, guess what's the easiest business to get traffic to? A black owned restaurant. If we tell if we tell twenty black people to show up at a bookstore or auto mechanics, any any other business, like it's like pulling teeth. You'd be like, yo, we all meeting at this uh, you know, soul food joint. You know what I mean? It'd be litty. So food is a special place in our hearts, not just as black people, but as as Americans in general. Um, so this is not shocking to me. And Chick fil A is like it's like Chick fil A was kinda like the unquestioned goat because that's that's just what they do. Right. You know what I'm saying? They about that chicken life. They lost. They lost their title. We talked about it, Jim. Like Chick Fil A is not just the food. You know what I'm saying? It's the experience. Like Chick Fil A, you know, if you're not getting into all the political stuff and their religion and what they believe in and all that stuff, like the experience at Chick Fil A is just different. You're not used to being treated that way when you go into a fast food restaurant. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 a part. It's a part of it, like because good customer service, and you, and you know this, you know I, I learned this all throughout my schooling and marketing. Like good customer service always plays a part. You know what I'm saying? I, I've seen some of the best. Like I'll, I'll give my my doctor for example. He used to have like family members running the the office and the in the waiting area, the reception area, and all that kind of stuff. And like he's a great doctor. But the customer service out there wasn't up to par. So it started to affect his business. Like what people have to realize in whatever field that you're in, once you open your own, you're a business person first. So you got to get that kind of stuff together. So as much equity that Chick-fil-A has built up with, with return repeat customers, they're one of those people like if they do finally get an order wrong, which is rare, like you're cool. You're not mad like you are at other places because they treated you so well before they made the mistake. <laughs> like you go in there real nice. Like, uh, you forgot my, my, my sandwich. So long story short, yo. Uh, like Jimmy said, Chick fil A, I think it was the universal king of chicken sandwiches or whatever. Um, and then Popeyes came on the scene August twelfth with this new creation that started to turn some heads, open some eyeballs, and it was all history from there. So I think, because Jimmy and I, we've been talking to a lot of people. I think the the whole thing was about Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. But on social media, when they started beefing a little bit, because, you know, Popeye had their advertisement up, and then Chick-fil-A came with a little sub shot at them saying, bun plus chicken plus pickles equals all, all the love for the original. So Popeye subtweeted them and said, "Y'all good?" <laughs> Basically, like you know, y'all feeling good. <laughs> then y'all good. And and I think the argument was was about those two because this new player had arrived and it was it's damn good. We're gonna tell you how we feel about it in a minute. But Wendy's jumped in 
And we know Wendy's, Jimmy said this earlier in the show, Wendy's the queen of shade on social media. So smarter we, you know, and a lot of people, you know, Jimmy had told me he thought Wendy's was, you know, if, if we're really ranking him, he thought Wendy's was up there and was worthy of being in, in our little competition. So I had never had the, the home style chicken sandwich from Wendy's. So I went out and had one just for this comparison. So let's talk about it, fellas. Let's, let's like, for me, I, I, I felt that the Wendy's joint was, was pretty good, but truthfully, I could, I could get it out of here pretty early and still say that it comes down Yo, but, to but the here's two the thing, though. I gotta be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you. The home style isn't the Wendy's top chicken sandwich. Their spicy chicken is a whole different yeah. chicken. Pa- Yo, it's it's it's, it's different. Yeah. See, and that's gotta, the thing. I always it, it, like that's the, a funny thing. The regulars, because I'm not really a spicy cat. No, but I'm not saying it wasn't but good it, though. Yo. Actually, the lettuce, tomatoes, no, 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 and style, mayo. No, was a great addition yeah. to it. No, homestyle's legit. This, now, 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 granted, I, I'll be completely honest. Um, I'm a Wendy's shareholder, but at the same time, though, what I recognize about Wendy's is this, and also I recognize about all of them, right? So I have some tips for those out there listening. Like, yo, why does boy got tips? That's because I'm a greedy boy. Hashtag greedy boy. Um, shout out to my brother Phil. Hashtag, hashtag fat boy delight. But yo, when you get the, when you go to Wendy's, you gotta get the spicy with the Asiago. That's just how you gotta get it, cause that's the only way to get it. And and when you go to Popeyes, and pause this before I say it, you gotta get the sauce known as the sweet heat. Pause again, um, cause that's just how you get it. <laughs> yo, Neil in the, um, in the chat room said, meanwhile, I don't even eat chicken sandwiches at all. You can't even get in on the fun. You lame. Come on, Neil. <laughs> Do it for the culture, Neil. It's not. Even, it's not about hey, you. It's about the culture. Like we need you to, get to weigh in. Wrong too. Sometimes you well, got to get in for the Neil from our um from our our food group, and she got all kinds of weird quirks. You know, she don't like bread and chicken touching and nothing like that and funny things like that. So what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I tease her all the time got about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, she don't like much. Yo, I don't know. I don't know how you feed it. <laughs> so, yo, but no, so but, yeah, I, I had to the you, you that that was good. Let so let's kind of break them down on the on the comparison here because, like like Jimmy said, to me Chick Fil A was the goat chicken sandwich, but I, it's, it was hard for me to admit, and I think it was the same for you, Jim, because for a, a while. Neither one of us wanted to talk about it publicly. I think we were, I think we were being influenced by that all-in approach. Like we didn't want to say anything that could be construed as negative toward God's chicken. That's Chick Fil A. Um, no man. So I didn't want to talk about it. I told people I had the Popeyes one, and they would ask me, "Well, what did you think?" And I didn't give any straight answers because <laughs> I didn't want to diss Chick Fil A and say, you know, you know, sometimes it's best to just not say anything at all. But let's go to to I'm gonna go to like certain aspects of the sandwich. Let's let's start with bread. Um, and we talk about the three. I actually think the Wendy sandwich and the and the Popeye sandwich have very similar. Popeye's has the buttery brioche bread, 
And when I ate the Wendy's, I was like, well, this looks similar. I don't know if it's brioche, but it has it definitely has some butter on top of that. Yeah, it's, and, it's similar, but it's not brioche. It's, it's not brioche, though. A brioche is the – I think that's what makes Popeye's fire, actually, is the crispiness and that, that brioche, man. Right. And, yeah, and, that, and that's my thing. All right. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to go ahead and toss the Wendy's. I'm going to do my comparison, and I'm going to let y'all rock. This is my mm-hmm. comparison between the, the Chick-fil-A sandwich and the Popeye's sandwich. If we're talking pure taste, just the, the taste of the chicken, whatever it's seasoned with, I still think Chick-fil-A comes out on top of that. But there's some pros to the Popeye sandwich that makes me kind of like, I, I ain't on front. I had one on Saturday, and by Monday, I was in the car tweaking for another one. What Jimmy just said, the crispiness. First of all, the the, pat, the chicken patty is huge. It's, it's, that's neither yeah, here that nor there. That joint is definitely, is yeah. definitely it, it, like it doesn't it's have to be a King Kong Bundy chicken patty, but I mean, you have to label that as a pro. And so it, it's bigger, yeah. It's juicier, Paul. That joint is definitely it's fall. It's a foghorn <laughs> leghorn size uh, chicken patty. It's crispy. And I didn't even say crispy because <laughs> Chick Fil A joint isn't crispy at all. It's crispy. And the butter, the buttered bread makes it crazy. So people are probably thinking like, well, everything you said favors this sandwich, but on a pure taste, I put it like this. If you give me a chicken sandwich that tasted like Chick-fil-A, but had those other attributes to it, like if a Chick-fil-A patty was juicier, if a Chick-fil-A patty was crispier and they had the bread, the, you know, they put some kind of butter on the bread, I don't think it would be close. But that's not how it is right now. So, yo, that Popeye's joint is serious, man. People are probably like, yo, they really serious about this sandwich. What are, yo. your, what are your thoughts on oh, yeah. comparison? Yeah. Yo, yo I'm going to go ahead and get out the way. I'm going to go ahead and get out the way because I didn't take it as deep as y'all. Uh, pause. Um, the, Chick, the Chick-fil-A joint, I, I do like it. My kids love it. But I'm lightweight tired of it because it's the only chicken sandwich I've had for about a decade. So other than other than McDonald's, and we ain't going to talk about that. Um, so I'm going with the Popeyes off the break. It's bigger chicken, and it's crispy. New. So and it's that's different. my analysis. But it's I'm, something I'm different. Really like so Yo, I'm sick of Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, like not because it's bad. can definitely be our Sunday chicken. <laughs> like if it came Dog, down to I, it. All I'm gonna say is I'm gonna keep it a B. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a a, um, a hundred uh, hundred sow wow. All I'm gonna say is this. Um, Wendy's overall, right? Wendy's is like the San Antonio Spurs since we are on a sports show, right? So, like, there's nothing on Wendy's entire menu that really stands out as the go-to thing, but they're solid pretty much all over the place, right? That so, that ain't that's not true because that that double and triple quarter. Come on, <laughs> but but, it, but it's not but it's not like one of those things. It's not like one of those things where like you know it's gonna it's gonna stop the presses like this is like it's, it's it, they're they're great all over the place like they're. The you gotta go back like yo like, I gotta have it. double triple quarter right now. I'm a burger. Yeah, I'm they, a burger they, they, they gonna be there. They don't they don't do it. But they don't do anything like bad. Like they don't do it. Their fries is dope. Their shakes is dope. I mean, everything is dope mm-hmm. at Wendy's. Like it just it just is what it is, right? But so the thing is, up until this point, 
Chick-fil-A dominated because it had that chicken sandwich. That was something special, right? So I would probably compare that to, like, having, I guess, who 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 you say is consistent but has a one? It's like having LeBron, I guess, right? But Chick-fil-A is mm. like having LeBron. Popeye's got Zion right now because, like, I mean, until we <laughs> see him play and sync it up. But as of hey, right now, yo. they got Zion But the thing right is, now, Popeye's John, can't even handle John having is, a good thing, though. Popeye's not even set up for this type of success because they they running out of chicken everywhere. I mean, I know the lines no, are crazy, it's a, it's a but if job. you are it's social media and you talking trash to the king, then you damn sure need to have enough sandwiches. In you every got to store. be ready. You got to come at the yeah, king. You got well, listen, to be ready. Listen, <laughs> if you My know your product, is, they, they, um, didn't, they probably didn't, they, they didn't expect this. They didn't know that the chicken would jump this high. It, it, it basically busts through his Nike. Like this is what's going on right now, right? Mm. So it's, it's bust through his Nike. But it's dying. Um, if I'm talking about just the pure chicken sandwich, right, I'm not even going to lie to y'all, yo. When you put that sweet heat on it, pause, I'm probably going to take Popeye's. But I'm never going to put Popeye's in front of Chick-fil-A because, first of all, I've never been to oh, a no, Popeye's. Not, not as a restaurant or a crew. Yo, I've never been to a great <laughs> Popeye's in my life, and that's in multiple cities. That's all over the place. Like Ever. Ever. There's never been a crew The Jones in Philly. First of all, the Jones in Philly, like, if you go to Popeye's and Lehigh, they're going to be like, yo, you want a chicken sandwich or some heroin? Like, they're going to offer you either or. You probably can both of them out of the junk. Or you like, want one of these that, roaches. That, yo. <laughs> yo. So, it's like, yo, the environment at Popeye's is just, like, it's a completely different thing. Chick-fil-A is, like, a yo. second home. Like, yo, he said be Austin straight doing a chicken commercial when he listens to it. Popeyes is gonna have to divvy up a check. Oh, no doubt. Like we're, we're open to a check from you know either one of these establishments, and we will change never, our tune absolutely. for whoever divvies up that check. Keep the beans. I've never been to a Popeyes that smelled decent. Like Popeyes yeah. don't smell good. Even yeah. 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 Popeyes like all of them like all of them smell like grease. They smell like chicken so they, grease. So they definitely like gonna have grease, to though. step it up. And, and and do things commensurate with their new success. They, they weren't ready for social media type of success. When you go viral on social media, you gotta you gotta pony up. You gotta get ready. But so the crazy part they, is that's in the borders right now. I hope they coming thinking about a dozens right now. That's but that's working to their advantage though. Being sold out everywhere. Like there was a thing right. on Twitter it was it was trending earlier. Like um, Popeye sold out or something like that. There was some hashtag trending, and it was people all across the country. Like posting pictures of the signs in front of their Popeyes, like right. that's going to work to their advantage, actually. Oh yeah, if they get if they get you know what I'm saying, up, it's going to work to the public's advantage because people are already on eBay trying to sell chicken sandwiches for like three hundred dollars. We gotta get up by the head of them. <laughs> Yo. Oh damn! Yo. Y'all go try all three. I was with y'all. I don't mean no disrespect to the God because I am a red member, man. Do not take my way my red membership. I love the way y'all treat me, man. But with all that being said, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, the, the group me app. Any way you got through to us, we appreciated all the calls who called in and got through. Um, man, I don't know if that was only Fred at this point. We, our show is really running crazy. But anyway, tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and you can catch everything we do at the Hub, which is WarRoomSports.com. All of our content is there, WarRoomSports.com. Pick up my book, Sports the Book. You can do that at SportsTheBook.com or back at the Hub of WarRoomSports.com. 
But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.